Welcome to the Michigan Opportunity, an economic development podcast featuring candid conversations with business leaders across Michigan. You'll hear firsthand accounts from Michigan business leaders and innovators about how the state is driving job growth and business investment, supporting a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem, building vibrant communities, and helping to attract and retain one of the most diverse and significant workforces in the nation. Welcome to the Michigan Opportunity, brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Hello, my name is Ed Clementi. I'm your host today for this podcast. I'm with the MEDC, and today we're very fortunate to have a friend of mine as well as the Executive Director for Mexican Town Community Development Corporation, Ray Lozano. Thanks for being here, Ray. Thank you, Ed. I really appreciate you having me as one of your podcast guests. Well, you have been a good person for the community your whole career. So I I think uh, originally we met back when you were on my board at the Chamber of Commerce. And you, back then, I won't say the name of the company, but let's just say it's DTE right now. It is. Yes. Yes. Well, anyway, let's, you know, the Mexican Town Community Development Corporation, um, why don't you just sort of give us a quick overview of what that is? Sure. Uh, Yeah. You know, the Mexican Town Community Development Corporation um, is an organization committed to preserving and promoting and enriching the quality of life through cultural activity for folks in the Detroit metro area and particularly for Mexican Town in southwest Detroit. Um, We've been around since uh, 1989, and we have a couple of buildings, a Mexican Town Welcome Center of the Mexican Town Mercado and the big Mexican-style plaza in between. And that was the product of a campaign, that uh, community project that was in uh, 2007. It was a $17.5 million project to provide retail space and entrepreneurial activity for this community. And if you um, recall, you know, there are a few communities that were dissected by the expressways in the mid-60s. And so this one was a, a purposely built to uh, to try to take care of the business community that dried up during the expressways coming through in the 60s. Um, so, you know, this campus, as we call it, uh, pre-COVID, we have about 4,000 people coming through a month, uh, but it's been merely a trickle since COVID. And and um, regarding our project, if I could, Ed, I'd really like to thank the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Um, we participated in one of their public uh, spaces, community places, crowdfunding campaigns, and we're the proud recipient of a uh, matching grant from them, a sizable one. So thank you. Yeah, no. In fact, just so people know, if they're going on 75, it's sort of just north. There's a like a human passenger bridge that goes right to your spot, right? When you go under that arch, it's like a it's really a beautiful bridge, actually, the passenger one or pedestrian. Yeah, no, there was kind of like a a concession by MDOT to uh, put a bridge. The community for 50 years wanted Bagley Avenue, and so they constructed a bridge. It's a beautiful bridge. Uh, It's based on the the style of uh, Santiago Calatrava, a Portuguese architect that's done stuff worldwide, and it's beautiful. And and, um, Hubert Massey did a a couple of art pieces that are alongside the bridge, so folks should check it out. Yeah, no, no, I love it. I go across it every time I 
go down and eat in the area. Um, about you a little bit, though, and uh, I, I know that you grew up actually in southwest Detroit, right? I, I did, Ed. In, in fact, my family home was displaced by the by the freeway <laughs> that came through. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, but went to school, Holy Redeemer, Wayne State. And so um, when I worked for the energy company, you know, was proud to also represent southwest Detroit. So it's it's been great. Well, I want to give a quick shout out to Holy Redeemer, though, just because I think that's probably one of the most beautiful buildings in Detroit. And if you haven't seen it, is it on uh, is it on Verner, right? In Verner and Junction. Yeah. And it's based on the, the architecture of the Basilica in Rome. So it's uh, it's a reproduction of, of, you know, the structure in Rome. Yeah. And I know that the fraternity or sorority of graduates of that school stay pretty tight. Uh, unfortunately, the high school closed, but I know there's still a school there, right? Yeah, Crystal Ray, um, a wonderful replacement. That's a charter school, and they have a, a mission of 100% college attainment for kids that graduate from that high school. I just read something about them not too long ago. They did really well in something else. I forgot what I saw it in. They, they do. The kids uh, work one day a week to help pay for their, um, you know, their tuition. And then, you know, by working, they get some early experience in the in the world of work. So it's a it's a great mission, great structure. I want to get back to you for a little bit. Um, I also knew you pretty well. And when you were president, were you executive director or president of the, uh, was it the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, the Michigan Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, right? Yes, yes, for five years, sure. Right, and... That was statewide, though, correct? So you had members from all over? It is. You know, it's kind of regional. Um, there were a few that were from, you know, further reaches, but um, the regional metro area, um, you know, pretty much a collection of uh, automotive supplier folks, people that were um, definitely working with the three automotives and automotive related. So not like your typical chamber that, you know, you do a lot for the mom and pops, but more for folks that are in the, uh, you know, the area of uh, providing the supplies and and the parts for the uh, auto industry. Yeah. And we both had a good friend there, Frank Lopez. Oh, yeah. a very active member of your board as well as my board back then. Yeah, he still goes to the office one day a week. So yeah, I know he's in his nineties. <laughs> so, but I I love talking to Frank whenever I get a chance. Um, also, I want to. Uh, you're a Vietnam vet too. I didn't even know that till I was reading over your bio. But thanks for your service, first of all. I know. Oh, thank you. Yeah. In fact, you should also know that um, there's a traveling Vietnam wall coming. You know, it's going to be around here in the Detroit area, and um, we just want to make sure that uh, you did a lot with uh, the veterans too. Were you and their foundation too, right? Well, yeah, for a while I was trying to help uh, homeless vets you know, obtain some resources and get some housing. So was working for the Michigan Veterans Foundation. Um, they were right downtown in the Cass Corridor for a while. And uh, when the uh, the stadium went up there, the, the you know, during, just a, a little while ago, they, uh, they moved out to Grand River and 14th Street, I believe. So, um, yeah. yeah. You've done a lot of really great service <laughs> over your career. <laughs> too much to mention, but I mean, and this is one that interested me too a little bit, just for economic development a little bit, but Sir Metro, 
I never even knew what it did, but I started reading a little bit about Can you explain a little bit what Sir Metro is? Sure. Um, Sir Metro is an employment and training organization and really fortunate to be associated with them. They were a smaller Latino organization that that was based here in, in southwest Detroit, and it's considerably grown. You know, they have an all-female management team. Well, not all-female, but predominantly. And, you know, they to be in that business – of, you know, generating money and uh, being flexible when the rules change and administrations change and to, to be able to still provide that service. And it's so valuable. It's just basically putting people back to work again. So a uh, great, great group. And for people not familiar with Southwest Detroit or Mexican town or any of that area, what is your sort of working definition when you tell people, uh, what is your area? Like, what is Southwest Detroit? Or it's very, to me, it's kind of a w- really unique part of Detroit. Yeah. Um, well, my definition might vary from some folks, but, <laughs> you, you know, um, to get into Southwest Detroit in this area in particular, you have to go under one of seven uh, viaducts. And so um, it encompasses three zip codes, 4209, 10, and 16. And if you, you know, are in this area, you can really pretty much speak Spanish in a lot of the, the restaurants and businesses. It's estimated that there's probably over 50 restaurants and taquerias and taco trucks. And so it has a lot of history. You know, this has been a, uh, for decades an immigrant uh, destination for lots of folks that have come here to work with uh, the automotive industry and, and Ford Motor in particular. And so um, throughout the years, it's been predominantly Mexican, about 60 percent, uh, but it's also become Latino. And, and Ed, I have to throw in, um, you know, some of the younger folks are now beginning to use the term Latinx. So Latinx kind of is a all-encompassing gender neutral kind of a term that uh, you might begin to hear. And so it, it's more. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, in fact, my family were there one time we were over when they first came to the Detroit area from Italy, they went to uh, Lafayette by Springwells. So, uh, yeah, we're familiar with the area, too. But, you know, let's talk a little bit about some of the other partners that sort of help in that area, the area you just defined, because I know there's a lot of people doing a lot of different activities. What are some of the groups down there you work with, too? Sure. No, that, there's a, a real litany of folks that are doing things, a lot of them social service related, um, both Latino you know, and 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 uh, those that are non-Latino uh, run, but you know, providing services in this area. I mean, we've got the local neighborhoods. You know, Hubbard Richard uh, Citizens Group. We've got Hubbard Farm Citizens Group. We've got Congress of Communities. We have um, the uh, Grace and Action folks. Uh, an interesting group that's kind of quasi-religious, but they uh, uh, have some some initiatives, and they put why. Wi-Fi on some of the buildings in the area when the, the pandemic hit so that students could have free Wi-Fi um, if they didn't have it through their homes. And so, um, you know, LASED, SARE, uh, DHDC, the, the Detroit Hispanic Development Group that uh, does a lot with the youth. And um, there, there's just so many to list. Um, Ed, you know, it's just. Uh, no, no, that's fine. I, I, I just want people to understand the tapestry of that community 
And that's why it's kind of hard to describe to people because there are, I mean, I know there's a big Yemeni population and one time there was a Romanian population. I don't know if they're still there, but uh, it's changed a lot over time. Yeah. Lithuanian, when the school that I went to in grade school was a Lithuanian school. I can sing you a song in Lithuanian too. Uh, Not today. Thank you, Ray. (laughs) But uh, yeah, no. And Ed, you know, the Italian community a little further west and the Arabic community, you know, bordering us with Dearborn and South of Detroit. Uh, it's been all-inclusive and very diverse and uh, really enriching to grow up in this neighborhood. I'd, I'd be regretful if I didn't mention the Hungarian community, too. Yeah, and, yeah. and that area is all going to be gone soon, right, with the new bridge a little bit? Yeah, yeah, that, that whole area has been displaced. And uh, I know there's still some neighborhoods down downriver, and, um, but uh, for the most part, I think it's 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 really been gone. Yeah, yeah no, I know it was a long time ago. I um, I also want to ask you a little bit about more. You've already touched on a couple of things, but, um, you know, economic development wise, what is some of the goals for that region? What do you guys because I know they just fixed up the Mexican town streetscape a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the city spent about five point eight million just doing that. They they got rid of the curbs and put in a brick walkways and and, you know, kind of modified the parking areas. And, you know, it looks great. Um, a friend of mine that's an artist is going to be doing an archway over one of the end of the streets. And there's going to be some attractive metal sculptures that are going on on some of the light poles and and so it's, um, you know, but Southwest Detroit's always been very economically vital. Um, when you look at the three zip codes, they continue to add population. Uh, they're the only ones that add population to the city of Detroit's numbers. And then if you look way back to 2000, when the city was struggling to stay over a million, um, this area through the uh, Coleman Young administration at that point really worked hard to make sure we we stayed, um, we hit that mark. And so, you know, this has been um, a Latino community. And if you look at Michigan having, you know, it's agricultural um, industry and the automotive industry and the fact that Michigan is the third largest trading partner with Mexico, um, there's a lot of connection with this area in Mexico and, you know, the Southwest and, and you know, the automotive industry in particular. So um, lots of connections. You're listening to the Michigan Opportunity, featuring candid conversations with Michigan business leaders on what makes Michigan a leading state to live, work, and play. Listen to more episodes at michiganbusiness.org forward slash podcast. You were also involved a little bit with New Detroit, too, and I kind of what is New Detroit again? I, can you give me a definition of that again? Yeah, New, New Detroit was formed after the, you know, the, uh, the civil disturbance back in 1967. And so, you know, it, it was uh, community groups, community folks, uh, religious folks and corporate leaders that uh, came together to try to figure out, you know, how to improve the city of Detroit's you know, race picture. And so um, throughout the years, it's it's had, you know, um, different kinds of successes. I, I think one of the things that's difficult is folks to this day um, still have problems talking about race. Um, they'd rather talk about diversity, 
uh, and inclusion. And when you talk about diversity and inclusion, you're talking about gender and, and age. And so it still kind of shies away from, from talking about, you know, black and white issues. So um, New Detroit likes to keep that focus. Um, you know, they've been around for 50 plus years. So it was a great organization to work with and really opened my eyes to, to a lot of things. And one of the things I just have to add is that um, as a result, a good friend of mine, um, Ozzy Rivera, uh, teaches at Wayne State University, and he does some some classes here for us. And he he has enlightened us to our Afro Latin roots. And if you look at the you know the U.S. only had about four percent of the slave trade. Whereas, you know, Mexico and the Latin America and the islands had 96, 98 percent of, of the slave trade. And so there's a lot of Afro-Latin connections. And so Ozzy and I try to do some classes here to let folks know about that heritage. And, and we do it through Afro-Latin music and, and art. So it's a pleasurable way to bring up the subject and to begin to talk about race. Right. I know there's a lot of what you do is cultural related. And uh, and I think that, you know, it's a good fabric to have for that community. Well, we're down to the last few questions, Ray. You'd be surprised. Uh, it goes quickly. But you, you, you've actually highlighted some of the well, before I get the last two, but is there any other future things you think people should know about that's coming to the area that you might want to highlight? Yeah, very much so. You know, uh, since Ford bought the Michigan Central train station, um, this area is, is, you know, in, having a lot of activity and, and there's a lot more to come. And Michigan Central is creating what's called the Mobility Innovation District. And I'm sure you could go to them to get more details, but they're restoring the Michigan Central train station and that'll be the centerpiece of this district. And they're going to have all these mobility innovators, uh, disruptors from around the world will be coming there and they're going to develop tests and launch, you know, urban transportation kinds of solutions. And, and just recently, I also met some folks associated with them called um, the New Lab Accessible Street Studio. And it's all young folks with startups. There's about 17 of these startups that are going to be doing their their business initiatives um, here in Southwest Detroit, but all around the city eventually. And, and so, you know, we're slated to get two to three thousand Ford employees over the next three to four years. And so it's going to be a place where all these folks are going to be looking for places to eat and sleep and play and, and what have you. And so it's going to really change. And it is changing. There's, you know, when rents uh, have doubled and houses that couldn't sell for 20000 are now going for 200000 um, you know, we, we it's said that, you know, with uh, great challenges, you have great opportunities and we really have a good challenge ahead of us. And I think we're a mature and a skillful community that we can manage the change and have good things come out of it, too. Well, the future looks bright for you guys. I uh, hope that goes well. Um, if you could give anyone some advice before... You know, they, if you could have talked to yourself maybe back in high school, <laughs> or what would you tell people to do for career-wise now? Yeah. You know, I, I really have a, a particular angle on that. You know, we all talk about education, but, you know, I, I think we really need to teach and we have to do things to involve 
young folks, all folks, in critical thinking, you know, the analysis of facts to form judgment. You know, there's so much out there that folks are being fed as truth that I believe we need to learn to sift through what is being presented and make our own good decisions on reality. And I, I was watching, you know, CBS recently, and there was a, a program, and I, I really want to, you know, bring that up because there was a young chess player from Philadelphia, a young man named Justice Williams. And he summarized this idea really well. He's, he's uh, doing his involvement with chess for the inner city. And, and I, I kind of paraphrase, but he said, in life, there's a lot of judgment calls. Just as in chess, you have to make a lot of decisions. You have to learn how to analyze and how to interpret situations to become not the problem, but the solution. There are a lot of options out there. It's about how you choose to make good use of your time. And so, Ed, I, I would tell young folks that. And I also have one quick one, if I can. You know, I, if I had to do it all over again, I would have kept a journal. I, I wouldn't be posting on social media, but I would have written something that I'm more, more personal to myself. Because when I think of all the interesting people like yourself and all the places and all the feelings associated, I, I often think about my life and I should have taken notes, Ed. Well, that's a good point. I, I, I've i kept a journal for most of my life. Yeah, you. Um, yeah, yeah. I never look at it, but... Uh, <laughs> no, but that's good. You know, you might have a book in your head. Nah, we'll see. Um so the last question is, what do you like best about, I know you and your wife, Chrissy, lived, you live in Detroit now, but what do you like best about either Michigan or Detroit area? Well, I've, I've been all over the state and, you know, very diverse. Uh, you know, I love the fact that it's got a quarter of the world's uh, fresh water. Um, but, you know, my grandfather brought our, our family here back in uh, 1916. Um, he traveled with 16 family members to pick sugar beets up near, um, I think it was Mount Pleasant. And so, you know, this is home. Um, a lot of history, a lot of culture, a lot of great friends, uh, you know, I, I, I get to travel, I get to see other places, but Michigan is home. I love it. Well, you're a good guy. You always have been, Ray, and I uh, appreciate your service, too, for the country. And once again, our guest is Ray Lozano. He is the executive director of Mexican Town Community Development Corporation. Thanks again, Ray, for taking time to talk to us today. Ed, thank you so much. Sincerely. Appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you soon. We will. We'll talk. The Michigan Opportunity is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org forward slash radio to put your plans in motion.